Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. All we hear and all we read in our Instagram comments is, okay, another steel and glass building going in Raleigh. And then all of a sudden you restore the Rialto and you give it some funky, cool, vibey blue. And everybody's like, why'd you do that? Why didn't you leave it gray and monotone? And I'm like, what do y'all want? It's like, you can't be unhappy both ways. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. There's definitely a balancing act between maintaining Raleigh's personality and history and the bright, new, shiny, exciting buildings and developments coming to town. Walking that tightrope of appealing to all of the many newcomers and building a, a bright, more dynamic city is hard. Here today to talk with me about this challenge is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Housem. Welcome it's back. It's good to be back. Thank You've been you. gone a while. I have been gone a while. I know. People kept asking me if I wasn't on the podcast anymore. Yes, and I, was, I said, did you fire her? <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't fire her. I said, but she complains a few times about how busy she is, so now she, I think she missed us. I did miss it. See? I said, absence makes the heart grow fonder. For and sure. And also, you know, then I felt the love. People are like, where are you? Yeah. So now we're just giving the people what they want. We're back exactly. together. Exactly. We're back, back together. together. Dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, we talk about this topic a lot. And earlier this year, we got the opportunity to share the big news that Hayes Pramar and a group of investors were going to save the Rialto. Mm -hmm. There was some concern that the Rialto, when it closed its doors, wouldn't reopen. You could hear the sounds of glee, I say, from every part of Raleigh and beyond. Um, The Rialto was built in the 30s, became a theater in 1942. And many of us have memories of seeing live music, Rocky Mm -hmm. Horror Picture Show, some of my best movies I saw there, even up in the last five years, fun stuff. It's been a part of the fabric of the Five Points community and and Raleigh for almost 90 years. So people were excited when Hayes said he was going to breathe new life back into it. Yeah. I mean, people were terrified, I think, when Bill stepped down. And of course, we know, and it's worth saying, like, Bill did not own the building. Right. Uh, That building is owned by somebody else. But... Once he stepped down as, as, let's say, the front man or caretaker of the Rialto, and he had tended to that for 30 years, that's what we knew. You know, most of us, you know, that's all we knew, right? And so I think people were scared, will it become another tower? Will it become something unrecognizable? And, you know, Hayes partnered with a bunch of other Five Points community members um, as backers with him to give it a new lease on life, literally. And for him, it was— 
you know, Rialto 2.0. So it's, this is the next chapter, but very much the Rialto part of that statement or, or name is just as important as the 2.0 because it's still the Rialto, but it is recognizing that it needed right. a fresh face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, it's funny. It's like, we always say, we tell you how we got our stories. I won't ever forget that. It was the night before the news was going to break that, that Hayes and this group were taking it over. And I'm on the phone at like 1030 with mm-hmm. Hayes doing an interview. And he's, he's, got the doors open and the lights on at the theater and people are dropping by because they had heard or they saw someone was doing something with it. And it was an exciting story. I think what's always funny about Raleigh is change is hard. And mm-hmm. it's not just Raleigh. I mean, let's face it. I lived in, I mean, I owned a magazine in Pinehurst years and years ago. And I used to laugh that I thought, all these New Yorkers, people from Ohio and Pennsylvania would move in and then they'd want to close the gate. It's like, not in my backyard. I don't want, you know, it's like, nope, don't want anybody else to come in. And and it's not really the same thing, but change is hard. Mm-hmm. And so when I was driving down Glenwood, I don't know, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago when they finished it and I saw the bright blue paint and the new logo, I was like, holy shit. I really did. I was like, I literally almost wrecked wrecked my car. I was like, wow. I mean, I I love the logo, and it does really pop off the street. And that is exactly what they want. Yeah. That that reaction is exactly what they want. And so it is obviously undergoing a refresh. You know, you can't miss it. Um, And it's at the hands of, this is, you know, Hayes' vision, and, and coupled with, Antoine, Antoine Ponton, who is a local designer, he's done some things that people would know. Oh, like yeah. he's been working on the North Hills Club revamp for a while, and um, you he's know, been he's featured in, in our magazine. Mm-hmm. We um, photographed his house. Um, he has just got phenomenal style and creative, and lives in the Five Points community. Yeah, and I just love to say his name. I do not miss opportunities. I'm telling you, his mom was so clever. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. That's a smart, smart lady. But I know you know him well, and I've really enjoyed talking to him several times this week, actually, about— so in the upcoming issue, we're going to have a story for you to dive into about what the purpose of this refresh is and what they're trying to do. But I think for the purpose of the podcast, too, is just, like, talking about managing those expectations. Right. So— to the point, like, the the blue is purposeful. This is not just some random Crayola color that he was like, okay, let's just do neon blue and yeah, see what everybody Yeah, he just thinks. decide on his favorite color. I yeah. do have to jump in really quickly and say, again, back to how we get our stories. I haven't talked to Antoine in, I don't know, a year since we did the live. And I get a random text, hey, do you want an exclusive? And <laughs> yes. I said, do you know me? <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, you sure? I'm like, yes, you need to ask anybody? I thought that was funny, and I was like, no, we got this. <laughs> you need to ask. I know. Hold on. Let me look in the mirror. <laughs> I did kind of need to ask my editor, the woman across from me, but I was kind of like. <laughs> you did call me. You were I like, did. do we, like, we, we, I said, yes, you agree, right? And I'm like, yeah. I want to make sure, but, but he, so they're going to give us a sneak peek of some changes that are also coming because you can see the outside. Right. But they're doing some changes to the inside. Yeah. And we have the exclusive renderings coming yeah. in the issue. So you're going to have to hold tight for that and grab the issue. But going back to the color, he yeah. didn't just pick out his favorite blue. No, this was not. Not Russian roulette or or like blindfold pin the tail right. on the donkey. Like there's a reason this color is was chosen, and one of those reasons is how bold it is. And you know, Antoine's funny. He he's very funny actually. But when we were talking about the previous facade, um, it, he called it the Fifty Shades of Gray, which I think is so clever. And 
you know, it was it was beautiful for what it was, and it was timeless, and it was there for a long time. Right. It was the, and it's really kind of always been to his point. Anything beyond the color of photos are black and white, and you can't freaking tell what color they are anyway. So from our perspective now, they're all gray, right? Right. But now this is this is a fresh face, and if people are saying like, "Wow, I drove by and I noticed it, or I almost wrecked my car," well, good. That's, that's what exact, they want. Yep, that's what they want. For those of us that have lived here, you all your life. Mm-hmm. You know what the Rialto is, so you get excited when they announce they're going to have this movie or they're going to show that or they're going to have Christmas shows. But, you know, for the um, thousands and thousands of people who've moved here since COVID and during COVID, they don't know anything about the Rialto. So we've, and you want to entice that younger generation, my kids, you know, who maybe have gone there when they were little kids, but that's not the theater they think about. Yeah. I mean, they love live and music. And it was dingy, and it was outdated. Right. I mean, this is a fact. This is not me being No, mean, you can keep the character of it. Yeah. And, and you know, and hey, I mean inside we too. just did this with the magazine. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. And, and we were only, we're only eight years mm-hmm. old. But yeah. sometimes it needs a little refresh. Yeah. And I mean, in this case, like if you've been inside ever in the last 30 years, then you know the carpet's worn, half the lights don't look work. Like it looks to me like I was just looking at the quote unquote before pictures today. Again, it looks to me like, I don't know, like a cross between a school auditorium or cafeteria in like the 80s. Right. And I don't know, but something out of a, a movie. There you is know, a sweet the, nostalgia yeah, to it. for sure. But I do remember when I was talking to Hayes, I said, you are going to change the seats, right? And I was being <laughs> half facetious and half serious. I like, I don't want them to do anything. Ugh, I hate the the big, comfy, reclining seats. They're fine, but that's not what I like about a movie theater. I like yeah. the little vintage feel to it. I think they're going to— I think they're going to yeah. keep that and yeah. maybe upgrade the cushions a little bit so they don't squeak. Well, he said for now, just so people don't panic, like this is obviously the exterior refresh is done. You can see it when you drive by or we'll have pictures in the magazine. And then the lobby refresh is what this interior right. is. And it will stop at the theater doors. And then they're going to let him get—or he wants to get settled in for a couple years, year or two. And then then I think they'll talk about new seats, new surround sound, well, I mean, or whatever. Got to make some money. I mean, let's yeah. buy it. folks had paid to pay for it. I mean, I'm sure he's looking for it to generate some income. Yeah. I would foster a guess that you're right, though, and they'll be more like new vintage seats as opposed right. to like new modern, no. you know, lazy boy seats. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine in the Rialto? <laughs> I would be heartbroken. But you said something a second ago that I think is really the linchpin of this whole podcast and why we wanted to do this in addition to the story. You know, the story's about— the design and what right. it looks like and why they're doing it. And this is more about the reaction to that and the conceptualization of that. You said something about maybe every city and Pinehurst was a good example of would react. But I think about that and like you've lived in a lot of cities. I left Raleigh for a little while and lived in other cities like Chicago and DC and those bigger cities. You're not now today going to hear a lot of those conversations about some random theater house or building unless right. it's like, I don't know, the Met in New York, but it's interesting. I think it's really more these like, we're still considered a major city, but I don't know if it's smaller major cities th- or that are growing. I think it's because we still have so many. I mean, you might not feel that way, but we still have so many locals here. Yeah. And I, I've said it to the point that I'm a little worried Charlotte's not ever going to advertise with us again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they don't listen to the podcast. But I don't want to be Charlotte. Right. I, I like to visit Charlotte. I love some of their hotels. I like some of their restaurants. It's a little too bright and shiny new for me. It's yeah. got too much glass on the buildings. I like a nice mixture. And I've said one of the things I love about 
the Smoky Hollow district is I love Smoky Hollow. I like Madre. I like all the new stuff. And then I like to walk up Northwest Street and I loved Rainbow Luncheonette mm-hmm. and Pink Boot and all those older buildings and how they're not going away. They're not going anywhere. Their character. And it like is. there's really not a lot of I really think off the top of my head, the two things that Raleigh will outcry for right now are Char Grill and the Rialto. And they're, mm-hmm. We're losing that, you know, Hillsborough Charter. We're not losing the actual food, but we're losing that building, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think the Rialto becomes even more of a battle cry for, like, we want this history here. Five Points, as we've said a million times in print and on the podcast, is relatively unchanged, and it definitely has some personality. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at shopvillagedistrict, Visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com or sign up to receive texts by texting the word village to 919-701-0202. Campbell University School of Law offers a wholly online or in-person two-semester patent law certificate program designed for technology executives, engineers, paralegals, and more. The deadline to apply for the Patent Law Certificate Program is August 1st. Learn more and apply at law.campbell.edu. Well, you were funny because you said, Antoine said this, folks, this is not a historic district. This is not Oakwood. So if you want to paint your building bright lime green or blue or pink, like... Yeah, yeah people are like asking us, and so I ask him, why they do blue? Like, do they not have to get that color approved and blah, blah, blah? No, they didn't. No. And like, as he pointed out, which is true, the Hayes Barn Pharmacy is pink. Yeah. Bloomsbury Bistro was oh, canary yellow at one point. I'm all in favor point. of this. It's part of the reason years ago when the joke was you couldn't have the shiny diner and carry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live somewhere where they tell me I can't, my business can't. You know? You know, my I favorite part of Charleston is Rainbow Row, and yeah. it's so pretty. And like, Five Points is headed in that direction, really. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it doesn't have to, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think there's a, that that little strip right there is going to be kind of fun, and and we know Lone Riders um, has closed and yeah. new restaurant coming in there, which is really kind of cool. There's a lot happening in Five Points, and I think there's a lot to be excited with. And I get change is change. I first walked in, Antoine, don't listen, and I went, oh my god, it is bright blue. And I said, and at first it just took me by surprise so much that I was like, mm, not sure. And it has really grown on me as I was driving by, coming down here. I went, you know what? I like it. Yeah. Yeah, they have a new logo. And I love that I learned something new. It's art modern. It is art modern. Not art modern art. It's (laughs) art modern. Which is a a subset of art deco. And it's very purposeful, but... You know, it's interesting because they have a new logo, mm-hmm. and that's Barbershop Creative. And I'll give you guys a sneak of the article. And and the purpose of the blue is comes out of the logo that Barbershop Creative did, which is inspired by the neon blue that the marquee emits at night. So, I mean, this yeah. is so purposeful. But it's interesting because I think my favorite part of this conversation you and I had that was like light bulb podcast 
all we hear and all we read in our Instagram comments is, okay, another steel and glass building going in Raleigh to your right. Charlotte point, right? And then all of a sudden you restore the Rialto and you give it some funky, cool, vibey blue. And everybody's like, why'd you do that? Why didn't you leave it gray and monotone? And I'm like, what do y'all want? It's like you can't have, you, you can't be unhappy both ways. But I yeah, I think back, I mean, I don't, I don't know where you were living in the late 90s, early 2000s. Here, Raleigh, okay, yeah. okay. So you remember when Kane bought you know, oh. the old North Hills Mall. Oh, yeah. And let's face it, I have great memories of Scotty's, bought my first prom dress at Montaldo's. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, that Barnes & Noble in there. When Andy's I, Pizza. When we I, used to eat yeah, lunch there in high I school. When I first moved back to Raleigh, I lived in the, the best little hotel across the street, the Best Western, for three solid weeks. Wow. Yeah. While waiting for my I stuff to come across hotel. country. Yeah. Yes. But I walked across the street and spent hours in the bookstore. So it's like, but the reality was, Raleigh wouldn't be what it is today if John Kane and Mike Smith had not done what they did at North Hills. And yeah. I know there were a lot of people in your parents' neighborhood and your neighborhood who were not thrilled about it and fought it. And I look at those yeah. people now, and and most of them admit, their first of all, their houses are worth four times oh, what— right, yeah. yeah. But they also admit that they live in a place now that their kids and grandkids want to come back and visit because there's so much to do. This will blow your mind. My parents bought that house in North Hills in the late 80s. Well, we rented it first and then bought it. So I don't know if they bought it. They might have actually—we moved in 88. Let's say they bought it a couple years later, early 90s. They bought it for 88000 Oh, my God. Just sit with that for a second. And if we don't think that mall has anything to do oh. with it, please— you know, because not much around else other than just calling it Midtown. And, of course, you would have a lot to say about that, yeah. and, you know. But other than just that explosive growth and population and distinction, what else really has changed? Nothing. You can't move the middle school. You well, can't move the belt line, like, you know. And most people come back and say, and they've said it to John. John said people have walked up to him at church and other places and said, sorry, I fought you. Mm -hmm. And and you know that that's got to be a great moment for him. I mean, thinking about the years they spent, change is hard. I mean, there is no doubt. When we started doing our logo as as much of a baby as we were, I worried. I worried that any kind of change, people don't like. People love to say what they don't like. I mean, people are quick to tell you what they don't like. Yeah. And knock on wood, somewhere you know, people have been very receptive and happy for us. But it, it's a battle. Mm -hmm. And I think every project, every developer, you know, I, I'm not really a Pollyanna by any means, probably a no. little too catty. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but definitely not But I not do think that most of the time, especially people like John and Mike or what's happening at the exchange mm -hmm. with Todd Sade and Vin Poole, I mean, they're people who've lived in this community their entire lives. I mm -hmm. mean, they don't, they're not, they don't have any desire to create something that makes people unhappy. Right. They have a bigger vision. I'm somebody who has a hard time walking into a house that's awful and having the, you know, knowing it's got good bones. You know, some people just can't see past that. And so change is, is even harder for them. Yeah. I would like to go on the record by saying that I love our new refreshed look. Uh, I didn't get to be on that podcast. On so that. I have to be on the record with that. I am obsessed with it. But um, and not just not just the masthead, like all the components, the colors, the it's logo. Nice, yeah. yeah, it's it'll be exciting for people to see it, you know, in all of its manifestations. But also, you just said something about bones, and I think that's important. So, the Rialto, just to be clear, none of these changes are structural; they're mm -hmm. all cosmetic. And 
in the lobby, those bones cannot be affected if they wanted to because it's all cement and it holds up like the projectors above it um, or the I guess like in the floor above it. I don't know. They can't do anything, but they will do sort of that surface. I, I want to call it like, so instead of a facelift, it's a facial. Yeah. You know, so everything you see will look different, but nothing will be moved. Yeah, they're not doing plastic or, surgery. Right, exactly. So it's, I mean, it'll be exciting to I'm see. I'm sorry, I'm one of those people that's most excited about the fact that they now take cards. Do you remember going there and they never oh. took, you had to have <laughs> cash? And I mean, you know. Talk about an upgrade. Yeah. I remember there was a, an ATM machine in the bar next door. I've gone in there before to get cash yeah. to pay for my movie. I wouldn't even be able to do that because I don't carry my debit card with me. That is the craziest <laughs> thing ever. That is makings of another podcast. Okay, <laughs> so side note, she is worried about her card being sold. Why do you have it if you don't? I, I, I still don't understand. Another it's a whole podcast, podcast. Whole another we podcast. Do, we should do a why you don't carry your debit card with you. No, podcast. we're not. We're not going to encourage people to do that. That makes no sense. I'm not <laughs> going there. It makes so much sense. But, but you anyway. know, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, I get gentrification and all mm-hmm. the issues related to that. But when you start looking at downtown South and some of the other areas of the mm-hmm. city that are largely undeveloped mm-hmm. and haven't seen any a facelift ever, I get excited about that. I mean, I, there's no doubt. I love telling stories about new stuff, but you can only tear yeah. down so much. I, I've often said, and I, w- I would not make a good city planner, but if I were a city planner— my walls, all four of them, would be covered with every area of the city so that I could look when somebody said they wanted to develop something. I'd be able to look and go, okay, I want to keep on every block a little piece of what was mm-hmm. and a little piece of new. I don't want to lose yeah. that. Yeah, you know, in the warehouse district where they're putting, um, you know, the the new transportation building. Rust bus? Rust bus, yes. So if you went down there, I know you did, but if anybody went down there during the construction phase, did you did you personally see it when the edifice of the brick building was there propped up? Yes. And it was almost like a movie set. There was mm-hmm. nothing behind it. And I'm assuming that's to keep the edifice and then build yeah. behind it, right? And so, I mean, I think that's another thing that Raleigh's been very careful to do. You know, think mm. about Glenwood South. Like, that was all warehouses oh. and stuff, and it was mostly dilapidated by the time— the entertainment district started to move in, but a lot of those structures are still there. Well, you know, the story behind the Dillon that Kane Kane developed, Mike Smith, who's the CEO, his wife's dad, so his father-in-law, actually worked in that building for years and years and years. And so when they bought it and started to restore it, there's so many things in there that they kept certain walls to make sure the brick and yeah. and there's these um, I don't know if it was from the air conditioner or the heating system but there's a table made out of the the fan oh that's cool I mean there's just a lot of th- yeah. trying to preserve the history of that building so yeah. that people who work there or live there would would you know have yeah. remember it I feel like there's certain pockets of town where that seems more important to me growing up in North Hills preserving the North Hills Mall isn't um something that we needed to do like if you want if you want to trip down memory lane go read one of David Sedaris's books because yeah. he grew up on North Hills Drive and he talks fondly about it but the, that was not a structure that we needed to architecturally preserve no, no 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 but if you're in five points that's that's historic you know it's not literally historic no. district like they can do what they want but I think it's cool that they are heralding in the future in like a funky cool way that yeah. doesn't erase the past the bones are still there yeah and, you know, I think in the Warehouse District or Glenwood South or some of these other places, 
the Dylan, you're still able to see the 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 history. Yeah. But for me, if you get into downtown South or some of these other neighborhoods, there's not as much that needs, you know, don't at me. I'm not trying to be mean to that no, area. But, but I'm there's, saying like there's, there's not just like empty a, space and warehouses that are dilapidated yeah. that were built in the 70s and don't have any really va- real value right. to them, right? I just think it's interesting as part of being a growing city. Um, I had lunch today with the team from CBS 17, and yeah. they were sharing with me that they reached out to Nielsen, and Nielsen does TV ratings and market sizes, and just were trying to project with what's coming next. And right now, I think you know, we're 21, and Charlotte is 20. And so they asked Nielsen, do you think that in the near future, Raleigh will jump Charlotte? And they go, it's not will they, it's when will they, because it's, it's coming quick. And they think it could be in the next year that just that's based cool. on, and it's based on houses and people living there. And obviously yeah. that's a larger area. It's not just Wake County because it's, you know, it's it's TV market. So it's Raleigh, Durham, Fayetteville. Right. So it, it covers yeah. a bigger area. Cool. But for us to leapfrog them yeah. will make me happy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Raleigh's already leapfrogged them in a couple ways. Oh. Like, there was some population numbers and such. So it's about time for that to happen for, like, influence. But also I was thinking, I think the other place in the city that really shows how intentional Raleigh is with some of these moves would be, like, Iron District. Yeah. And, you know, for everybody that says, like, oh, it's another glass oh. and steel building, there are so many examples of places that could have been glass and steel oh, buildings yeah. that are instead preserved Spaces And you know it would have to be cheaper. Gordon Grubb and his team at Grubb Properties, it has to have been, it would have been cheaper for them to just knock all that down. Demolition. <laughs> and build those fancy new towers yeah. than to, to work carefully yeah. and methodically to save those steel buildings. Mm-hmm. I think that, again, Gordon Grubb, they're from Raleigh. Yeah, been here his whole life, so I think that's the commitment to to preserving our city. Yeah, and I think that people are going to be excited to see these uh, renderings and the yes. issues. So grab a coffee. It'll yeah, be out in a couple of days. Cheers! Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon.